So hello and welcome everyone to this virtual meetup by the Asian Seller. Today we are going to be talking about some of the trends that we see uh, are going to be very important in 2021. And of course, we just wanted to get together uh, as a casual meetup and, and uh, see how everyone's doing and also just wish each other, um, you know, Happy New Year. So the agenda for today is, um, is going to be that um, we have Jason Tay, Margaret Jolly and Kevin Oldham uh, and myself. The four of us have uh, together identified 10 key trends that we see are going to be very important in 2021. So we're going to go over those 10 trends and uh, then we're going to basically just open up the floor for questions for about 20 minutes or so. So if you have any questions about the trends or about anything else, feel free to um, ask us those questions. Okay, so before we start, let's do some introductions because I see that there's some people who might not be familiar with Jason, Margaret, Kevin. So um, why don't you guys do introductions first? So Jason, do you want to just tell people about yourself and how you help Amazon sellers? Sure. So hi, I am, my name is Jason Tay. I actually have a, a blog that's jasontayonline.com. Um, and uh, I started selling on Amazon late 2013 and um, with a really, really small budget. Uh, my first private label product in December 2013 started with a budget of $80. Uh, that's now actually my top selling product. Um, and so I've always espoused a slow and steady kind of uh, low risk with a high probability of uh, success um, kind of strategy. Uh, and so along with that, uh, I also do training um, after about, I don't know, a few years selling on Amazon. Uh, I was, I've been approached by many, many people. Some of them have paid for really big ticket courses. And it's sometimes really sad to see people burning like $30,000 on uh, something that will not work. Uh, and so, uh, yep, uh, I do training and coaching as um part of yeah, my overall business. Um, in terms of selling on Amazon, so uh, I've started from, I guess, earlier than quite a lot of people. And I've also now uh, been assigned a strategic account manager by Amazon. Uh, I just had a call with her this morning. So essentially that's, that's actually a paid service. Amazon charges $1,600 USD per month to uh, I guess like sort of big ticket sellers who uh, hit a certain criteria and want to have an Amazon account manager. Um, but Amazon actually approached me and they have given me a strategic account manager for free. Um, so, yep. Uh, so I look forward to working with my SAM in the coming year. And I think that's also useful. Like just this morning, I had an hour call with her and that's already given me some insights that I never knew about to some of the different promotional things, the calendar, how like some of their deals work and all that. Yep. So uh, that's me. So is she based in the US, Jason, or uh, uh, it's uh, She's based in Singapore, but she's a staff with, well, uh, it's specifically for the US. For the US. Okay, awesome. Yep. Yeah, Jason's very modest and humble, but I will tell you, he works very closely with the Amazon team here in Singapore. And uh, he literally has like a direct hotline to <laughs> the Amazon management team here in Singapore. So yeah, uh, and he is one of the top sellers from, from Singapore. 
Okay, Margaret and Kevin. Margaret, do you want to go? Okay, yeah, look, I'll start. Look, uh, well, Kevin and I have been selling on Amazon for uh, just over four years now. Uh, we originally started sourcing our first few products from uh, China and Korea, and then we sort of stumbled across some Indian products at a trade fair in Hong Kong and about three, over three years ago now. And we are solely um, selling all Indian products. We've got rid of all our China and Korean products and uh, doing really well with those. It's going, we just launched a couple of new products in the last well, two weeks, up and down on the roller coaster, but we've finally got some enough products in there to, uh, to sell a few. So it's going, once we can get some more stock in, which hopefully will be going well with those in the new year. Um, and I suppose, well, I coach on the India sourcing trip with Megla. Both Kevin and I go on her trip when we can get there again. Um, we're involved with Megla with the virtual India sourcing show. And I do some private coaching for people as well. So Kev, do you want to take over? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Margaret's VA. Margaret said it all. <laughs> she, hasn't, she hasn't left much for me to... <laughs> We we work together as a team. Margaret does her sort of things and I do mine. We've been sort of um, involved this year because of the uh, IST and not being able to travel. We sort of found um, a couple of op different opportunities when we sort of put our heads together with Megla, um, hence the virtual interview sourcing show. Um, people, uh, that was started because people came to us asking for a solution for the sourcing problems because of the trips not going ahead. And so it wasn't hard to put our heads together to put that together, really, was it, Magla? Yeah, it's fun, actually. <laughs> it was fun. And so myself and Margaret do a lot of research um, and bring a lot of companies um, to the fore each month. Um, we, um, once, the, once the, we find out um, what they do, we sort of go in and check out all their uh, uh, certificates, um, if they sort of genuinely have a factory. And so we do the research before they, we bring them forward. And so we sort of sometimes have a couple of Zoom meets uh, backwards and forwards, and then we would recommend them to Megla. Um, or, and if, if even, you know, the quality of this stuff and so, yeah, that's what we do in the each month. Yeah, awesome. Okay, and real quick about myself in case um, some of you don't know me. So my background is mostly in sourcing. I've been working in the sourcing industry for almost 20 years in India, China, and of course, currently in Singapore. I was based in China for almost uh, 10 years. And um, I'm the founder of India Sourcing Trip, and I also host Virtual India Sourcing Show with Kevin and Mark. So recently, my focus has really been uh, sourcing from India, but my core expertise is in China, because that's where I spent most of my career. So, okay, so let's get on with our trends, with our key trends now. So kicking off with the first trend, I mean, of course, this is something that everybody is aware of, and that's probably one of the reasons you're here. But of course, the, the first trend that we have to mention is the continued growth of e-commerce globally. In 2020, we saw um, you know, a huge jump in online sales everywhere because of the pandemic, and uh, that will definitely continue in 2021. Jason, do you want to add to that? Are you muted? Yep. So yeah, um, I think everybody knows that as uh, that um, online is becoming more mainstream, as you've mentioned. Uh, for example, I was just in uh, the local store 
before this call, uh, I was at a local store called JB Hi-Fi, which sells electronics. Uh, and I wanted to buy a, um, like a new one of the new MacBooks with the M1 chip and they don't have stock. So the staff sends me a link and says, go order it online because the, the earliest stock that can come from Victoria is in two weeks time because they don't have any stock of that in WA. Uh, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, but that's just to highlight that even walking into a store, they essentially ask, asking me to order online. <laughs> uh, um, I think like for me, um, over like uh, Black Friday through Christmas, I've bought quite a lot of accessories. Um, I have this like whole, like a few of these boxes, like, you know, from Amazon. Uh, it's like, you know, you switch to a new Mac and then I have all these like different contraptions. Uh, but essentially I bought all of that online. And so that's just something that uh, we have to be aware of. Uh, and we want to make sure that, um, yeah, we, you know, in a sense, get on that bandwagon. Yep. Yeah, and we are in the right place at the right time. I think e-commerce is definitely poised to continue growing. I was reading somewhere that by the year 2040, over 90% of the shopping will be done online. So year on year, the percentage share of e-commerce is going to grow. So definitely, you know, if you're not successful with one product, you will be successful uh, in, you know, with your second or third product. Don't give up. I guess that's the main thing that we want to say. There is wow. growth in this industry, right? <laughs> 90% e online. That actually sounds pretty sad <laughs> and scary <laughs> as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all, all, of, all of the Gen Zers is a Gen Z, <laughs> the lazy ones sitting at home playing video games and don't want to go out. <laughs> Yeah, well, mm -hmm. we, we were surprised during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we, we just thought we're not going to sell too much this year. And we sort of had a Christmas within the Christmas because we had a, a, a like a, a high, um, a, a lot of sales in um, July and August, didn't we, mate? Yeah, I think it was May. I think May, July, May it started, August, September. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had yeah quite a few spike months. So, yeah. um, in fact, some of those months were just about as good as our December. So, uh, yeah, it was really quite surprising. So, mm. um, and yeah, this well at the moment between Christmas and New Year is looking really good for us. I don't know whether it's that government have given them a handout in America and they've already spent it, or um, whether it's going to keep going. I'm not too sure. I'm hoping it keeps going. Mm. And what's the situation like in Australia? Because previously Amazon was very slow in Australia, right? But do you see, uh, I know Mark and Kev, you're not selling on Amazon Australia anymore, but you were selling on maybe another platform, was it, in Australia? Yeah, we sell yeah. on Catch, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's okay. Catch works okay, but I think, yeah, Amazon Australia just hasn't really taken off. Look, I mean, you get some people have a really successful product, you know, like, just say you're selling beach towels or something that's really an Australian, you know, a thong, something that we, we, you know, use in the summer or something like that, it'll probably take off. But I think just the general products um, don't seem to do much. Like a lot of our products, Amazon US put onto the Australian website. And I mean, they do load the price up a lot. But I mean, I don't think we've ever sold anything here in Australia. Um, but probably like, um, probably like Singapore though. Singapore, yeah. um, depending on what you sell, I think a few marketplaces, the, the, the small ones, um, depending on what you sell, um, you know, because I mean, obviously we, can, we don't can't get the software to search what is selling. And so, you know, you can sort of guess 
sort of what is sort of selling, but uh, there, there is some things that we were trying to sell that, you know, it was like watching paint dry at one stage, unfortunately. And um, it was it was quite expensive to bring stuff to Australia, wasn't it, Mike? Mm. Yeah, because you're only bringing a small amount over because we didn't, you know, want to bring thousands and it's very costly to ship and small then, amounts. And then it's expensive to ship in Australia, so you've got to price accordingly. So. Yeah, and I think yeah. Singapore is the same currently. Amazon Singapore is uh, currently very slow. Of course, overall e-commerce is growing very fast in Singapore. Yeah, There's sure. other, other marketplaces. But we are sort of hearing that Singapore, uh, Amazon Singapore will expand to other countries in Southeast Asia. And Elton was just sharing with us before we press the record button that Amazon is now, or the Singapore team is getting active in Malaysia and they're maybe considering expanding Prime, Amazon Prime to Malaysia. So I think that is coming. I mean, Jason, you probably can't say anything officially, but maybe, you know, you've heard rumors. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing, I know nothing. <laughs> and, um, okay. I don't even have the cat in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, so let's move on to the second trend. So, but before that, let's welcome Baptiste Porzier, who has joined us from France. Hi, Baptiste. How are you doing? Hello, everyone. Hi, Megla. Thank you for having me today. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Hey, Baptiste, do you want to quickly give uh, a brief introduction to everybody and tell people what exactly is it that you do? Yes, so I have uh, started to sell on Amazon in 2017, uh, first as an arbitrage, uh, um, in the arbitrage model in London. I didn't have a car, it was not very convenient, so I quickly just gave up and uh, I went towards the private label. Um, and there was a bit of a lack of knowledge where I was going, so uh, I started to network. I met with uh, an incredible uh, seven-figure seller that uh, lived in Shenzhen. Uh, invited me to come over and uh, and uh, work together. So I moved over to China, where I learned a lot more about um, you know manufacturing and sourcing, um, product development, and of course uh, the back end of Amazon, uh, listing optimization, translation, uh, whatnot, you you name it, and uh, worked for different sellers. Um, and ended up uh, working with manufacturers themselves to uh, help them jump on Amazon. Uh, and it was sort of helped by Amazon Global Selling. Um, and I did that over a year and I was working with a, a big uh, seller as well, like eight figure seller uh, at scale. So it was very interesting. But then uh, the pandemic hit and uh, I had to uh, move over to Taiwan where I sort of uh, ceased uh, working uh, very closely to Amazon, and I've had to repatriate uh, in France. So right now, I'm, um, I'm looking at different opportunities, but there's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I think it's, it sticks very well with the topic today, uh, which is the, the branding. Uh, well, branding is a bit of a stuff everything there word, but uh, the, the way that I express it is, you know, how to optimize conversion for not just your product, but your, your brand, you know, and, and how to lever, uh, how to use social media and content creation to do that. There's 
very underrated uh, areas that not many people talk about that, that can be leveraged uh, for your brand. And in the acquisition market era, I think it's tremendous opportunity for Amazon sellers to, uh, to actually develop on that. Uh, it doesn't cost that much money and, and uh, creativity to, to have enormous results. So I'm, I'm going to try to prove that and, uh, and, and advocate for that. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, Batis, and feel free to jump in uh, anytime. So we're just going sure. over some of the trends that yep. uh, we, we we see are important in next year. Okay, so let's move on to trend number two. And Jason, this is you. So there are, you know, there is growth, e-commerce is growing, but of course, there are growing pains. So what are some of the keys to thriving in this landscape, Jason? Yeah, so with the, you know, like, overall e-commerce growing, uh, it also means like the market might will get more crowded. And so I think it's really important to start to really niche down or really identify what you want to sell in terms of um, not just products, but also keywords. Uh, I always emphasize that. Um, so it's both keywords and products where the competition is low or is weak. And like what Baptiste, uh, touched on earlier, I think if you can add brand value uh, to the overall proposition, uh, that's also one way that you can stand out from the competition. Um, uh, we'll talk more about that, you know, some of the other ways uh, to um, stand out in the midst of all that competition as e-commerce becomes more and more mainstream. And I think we'll cover that in some of the other um, eight remaining points. Right. So let's leave it at that for now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what's important to remember is that it is getting more competitive because also more people are jumping on uh, onto the e-commerce bandwagon, right? I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs and they're looking for other um, business opportunities maybe. So there are a lot more people joining in e-commerce. So definitely more competition. Okay, that's number two. Number three, um, learning to fish. <laughs> So Jason, how do we identify the right products? And especially when there is increased competition. Um, for me, that's fundamental to my overall strategy or that's the foundation to what I do in terms of e-commerce. It's always to identify uh, products with keywords, which I can rank for. So whether that be selling on my own website uh, then for that, I would look for keywords that I can rank for on a Google search. And then if it's for Amazon, then it's to also understand that Amazon is essentially a search engine. And so whatever product you want to sell, you must make sure that it has um, a wide array or multiple keywords for which you can fairly easily rank for. Um, the analogy I often use is uh, if in Australia, um, you would use the term suburb or in Singapore, where many of the viewers uh, participants right now are from, uh, you call it like a housing estate. So imagine if it was a brick and mortar chain store, uh, let's say a subway outlet or a McDonald's outlet. Every, uh, every store you open in every suburb, I think of that as one keyword. Because when you, let me use an actual example from Magic Amazon box. <laughs> uh, so I recently bought this uh, um, USB-C for my new MacBook uh, adapter to like VGA and HDMI. 
and you can see the seller has just pasted the FNSKU printed on plain paper with a piece of tape. <laughs> uh, mm, but for a product like this, if I ask like the 20 of you here on this call, uh, what you would call it, I might get like 15, 20 different answers. Uh, so every one of those keywords is an opportunity to reach a different uh, audience base. So it's to me, that's the same as opening an outlet in a different suburb. Every keyword is a new suburb, a new demographic um, that you reach out to. Uh, and so that's uh, one key for me uh, in terms of really working in that increasingly crowded environment to look for low competition keywords. Right. And this is not something new. I mean, you know, this is something that is not specifically for 2021, uh, but it's even more important to do that um, moving forward because there is more competition and, you know, there, there are more people being trained in e-commerce and, and getting experienced in e-commerce. Okay. So that's number three, really focus on identifying the right products, continue yeah, to do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And one more thing, maybe specific to Amazon, uh, if you are selling on Amazon, it's important to understand um, the different functionalities and features. So for example, if you get brand registered, like a lot of people don't want to get brand registered uh, initially, but if you get brand registered, I was drafting an article recently and I'm sort of counting the different marketing uh, advantages or functionalities that are on Amazon if you are brand registered versus if you are not. Uh, I'm already at that. Uh, in terms of advertising, there are at least 12 to 18 additional ad types that you can run uh, on Amazon pay-per-click advertising if you are brand registered. And those are much lower competition ad spaces, uh, which with a, a, lot, a lot more potential in terms of ROI. For example, if you did a video ad, very few people are running a video ads. Uh, I just did a video ad recently. Uh, it's very simple, essentially just my product. And then the text, just like one line, next line, and next line. Uh, similar to what Megla did for this Zoom call, <laughs> essentially, it's just essentially a still with a moving little thing. Uh, but that's enough to get a video ad going. And I am having incredible A costs uh on that ad like it's very very low percentage with very very effective return um so yeah uh or like another example i just learned this today because of my call with my strategic account manager uh she said try to get a deal of the day uh that's one of the promos on amazon she said because if you can get a deal of the day uh essentially you get three months of sales in 24 hours I'm like what? Is is it super expensive to get? No, the it's of the day? free. Oh, but the okay. selection criteria is very stringent, meaning you can. Jason, we we did that with Australia when we were uh, with Nistra, and they give us a strategic account manager, and uh, they offered us all these deals of the day, but as I said before, the products that we were selling, they weren't really you know sort of yep. uh, what people in the are us for, which is a shame because yep. now i they think the are us for their products yep the us criteria to be eligible for deal of day is very high uh 
the SKU needs to be already six figures in sales, just the, the SKU by itself right. in a month. Otherwise, it will not be eligible. Oh, okay. Uh, or the SKU with its variations. So if it's a parent-child variation, it could be all the variations combined, at least six figures per month. Uh, but what yeah. are the what are the key benefits, Jason? I think it's important because it's yes. not always profitable, but you do get a lot of velocity. So what That's are the, right. the, the key profits to run uh, such deals? I think uh, whether it's steel of the day or lightning deals or the seven day deals, uh, they're quite similar in some sense. You really have to know your numbers. So if you have a very good um, Think of it in terms of this. Uh, this is going to be a bit complex, <laughs> some math involved. So your sales, total sales, if you calculate, is the conversion rate multiplied by the impressions. Okay, think of it this way, if you can figure out the formula or write it down. So then you have to look at your statistics. If your conversion rate is very good, let's say your conversion, let's say uh, it's a 20% conversion rate. Then what you now know is, okay, I'm already converting well at the normal selling price. Therefore, it means if I can increase my impressions, this product is going to sell like crazy. And so if you did a lightning deal or deal of the day or whatever, a coupon, uh, you could offer a very minimal discount. Let's say like 10% off, 15% uh, off, or like $2 off, depending. Uh, that might translate to uh, a big bump up in sales because the deals get highlighted and the product already converts well, right? So that's if you have a good conversion rate, uh, then you want to, then the goal is to increase impressions because if you can get your impressions from, let's say 100,000 to 200,000 and it still maintains the conversion rate, you double your sales. Uh, the other thing that might be happening if let's say your conversion rate is bad, so maybe you get a, fair, a fairly high number of impressions, but you don't get a lot of conversions. Then you have to look at things like maybe my selling price is too high. Then in that case, okay, I, I can get a lot of impressions. Uh, do I have enough margin to run, let's say, a deep discount? But a lot of people go in and they are working with like a 10% margin from day one. Uh, you, then you have no margin to run ads. You have no margin to do anything. Uh, so another key is like to make sure you have margins uh, and that will allow you to do a lot of stuff. So, yep, conversion rate good, then aim to increase impressions. Conversion rate bad, then look at why it's bad, uh, whether it's a pricing issue or whether it's the listing issue. So Jason, when's your next meeting with your account manager? We're going uh, to schedule our meetup on that day in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> it's once a month. Basically, she has drawn up a plan in order to increase my sales by X percentage. Um, um, so essentially, she gets paid when if she makes me succeed. Oh, that's more. awesome. <laughs> so then she's drawn up this whole calendar where, um, and then she's going to like keep tabs on me and hold me accountable. Like, hey, you need to get, I have three, like four pieces of homework or whatever I have to do before she talks to me the next time. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so let's keep moving on here. Okay. So we've got three. Now let's talk about the fourth one, which is diversification. Now, Jason, why is diversification important? Right. So for me, uh, I always like, I used to be a combat engineer in the military. 
Uh, so one of the, the things that we do is, um, you know, if the enemy is going to cross and then there's a bridge, we blow up the bridge and then the enemy cannot cross, right? So I always have the concept of um, you want to have multiple bridges because if one bridge gets blown up, uh, you're not trapped. Uh, and so uh, for me, diversification is diversifying by products, keywords, sources, sales channels, and traffic funnels. Um, uh, let me just quickly explain each one very briefly. So in terms of products, if you diversify your products, that allows you to scale. So if one product generates X revenue and X profit, the easiest way to grow is add another product, right? So you grow your product base. Uh, in terms of keywords, I think I've already mentioned this for every product, I always have multiple keywords that I am trying to rank for. Uh, I like to start off with a, a minimum base of at least five good keywords before I would proceed to even look for a supplier for a product. Uh, for me, five good keywords, I have a, like a metric, so I have a spreadsheet with different criteria and color-coded cells and all that, and all have to be green lights and so forth. Um, and then for sourcing, uh, personally, I have products that are made in the US, I have products made in Australia, I have products made in China, I have products made in Taiwan, I have worked with products from uh, Kenya, I have sourced from India. So uh, it, it was helpful during the COVID-19 period. So like, for example, in February, uh, my China supplier couldn't uh, function for a couple of months, but at least uh, but less than half my stuff is made in China. So like, okay, not too bad. Uh, and then later on, there was forest fires in the US and one of my US suppliers actually had to evacuate, like their factory and house was in danger of being burnt uh, down. Uh, but at that time, uh, my China supply chain was back up. So for me, even this year, uh, I um, that helped me to appreciate my diversified um, sourcing streams. Mm. Uh, next, in terms of sales channels, I don't just sell on Amazon. Like, you know, sometimes I do, I'm like a speaker for Amazon Summit, so then I won't say this. <laughs> I don't just sell on Amazon. <laughs> I do not want to put all my eggs in the Amazon basket. I think like one of the guys who attended my training, my first or second batch of training here, his name is Felix. He's now an Amazon ambassador. Um, he's here. Yeah. Essentially, Amazon contacted me to be ambassador. I said, why don't you all call Felix? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know he's legit too. So uh, in terms of diversifying sales channels, the last time I spoke to Felix, he was also building, trying to build his own uh, or grow his own uh, website sales. So for me, besides Amazon, um, I also sell on multiple other marketplaces. Uh, but outside of Amazon, my biggest sales channel is probably my own website. Right. Yep. So diversification is important, but I think in terms of marketplaces, if you're just starting out, Jason, would you say, you know, start with Amazon first, set up your account and, uh, you know, like set up your product mm -hmm. on, a, on Amazon first and be familiar with Amazon. And once you're generating steady sales, then you start diversifying into other channels. Yeah, that's actually a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that. So for me, I did start out on Amazon first. And because of the scale, for example, I started on the US marketplace. 
because of the scale of the Amazon US marketplace that allowed me to quickly raise, to be able to raise capital then uh, to, after that, for example, expand to Singapore and then I rent my own little warehouse space in Singapore. I have staff there that does fulfillment uh, and, th and that allowed me to then do a lot of other things. So yes, uh, I do find that it's helpful to start on Amazon, particularly the bigger marketplaces. US. Yep. So if I focus on, for example, starting in Singapore on any of the marketplaces, even if you did very well, even if you were like the top, like whatever percentage of sellers on that marketplace, the, the total in terms of quantum, the profit, revenue profit and the actual figures that you end up with would still be relatively much smaller than what you could achieve, let's say in the US market. Yeah. Which is like a couple of hundred times bigger than the Singapore market. Definitely. So in terms of sourcing, of course, I think it's also very important to diversify. And um, you know, one of the reasons we started focusing on India a couple of years ago was when the trade war started between the US and China and people were looking for alternatives. And uh, you know, that's when um, I started India Sourcing Trip and then um, we diversified into other uh, services as well. But India is not the only sourcing market. I mean, there's Vietnam, as Jason says, US, Australia. There are so many other different markets where you can source from. But definitely don't put all your eggs in one basket. Again, China is the main sourcing hub and production hub for all products. It's sort of a one-stop shop <laughs> from where you can buy you know, all, all types of products. And for some products, there is no other uh, production hub. China is the only source. For example, if you're doing electronics, there is no other country in the world that can actually produce electronics products um, at the scale that China is doing. So for some products, you don't have a choice. You have to source from China. But what you could also do is look for other product categories that other countries are strong in and diversify your product range while you're also diversifying your, your sourcing markets. So for example, India is good with um, you know, wooden products, home decor, metal kind of products. Vietnam has a lot of footwear, apparel, uh, furniture, if anyone's interested, very large factories of furniture in Vietnam. Similarly, Australia, there's uh, a lot of cosmetics uh, in Australia. And I think Jason from the US, what are you sourcing? I mean, what category is it uh, from the US? Is it also health and beauty? Yep. Okay. That's so yeah, I mean, those... Okay. Supplements is another one, Jason, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't do supplements, US. but no, I guess we know, if, we know oh, someone who does. Yeah, so, if, I mean, if you wanted uh, to do supplements selling to sell in the US, I guess you would want to make yeah. it there as well. Yeah. That exactly. will make it much easier in terms of importation and FDA yeah. clearance. And anyways, I, like I always say this, if you're going to sell milk powder, you wouldn't make it in China. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, for, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything not, that goes, not even the, yeah. the, the people in China want to buy the yeah, exactly. China milk. <laughs> Any, anything that goes in the mouth, don't buy in China. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's, the, yeah. Sorry, having having said that, I think for a lot of the people on the call, if you're new, if you're new to selling, uh, diversification is something that you deal with in the longer term. Yeah. Uh, I think when you're starting out, you want to be very laser focused, uh, like um, pick one or two or three products and really do them well and maybe try to focus on sourcing from one place for a start. Because uh, yeah. if you try to diversify too early, you'll just end up, I think, um, yeah, uh, your, your focus will be too divided. Right. 
So I see some questions here, but we'll take questions in a bit. Let's just go through the, the list first. So we've got diversification, that's number four. We've got to move a bit faster. So number five is dealing with disruptions to supply chains. Now this is gonna to continue to be an issue and uh, you have to have good relations with your 3PL service providers and you wanna make sure that you, they do give you space in their warehouses. So uh, Margaret, do you wanna talk a little bit about this? You've been mm. dealing with this. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose for those of you who haven't been selling during the year and don't really know the roller coaster that we all had, um, things were sort of swimming along nicely and then once COVID hit and everyone in America wanted toilet rolls and hand sanitizer, Amazon basically said to us, we can't, we can't service you anymore. Um, your goods were, are in our warehouse. So we ended up um, using, um, well, a sort of we swapped from FBM to um, fulfilling it by merchant, which meant we could actually advertise it as a merchant, it's a bit hard to explain, but get Amazon to fulfill it, which worked okay for us. But I mean, I just find it a lot of hard work, um, a lot more dealing with the customers, which under Amazon's rules, it's pretty hard for us to deal with the customers. I didn't do that. We did it for about a month. And I don't want to do it again unless it ever happened to that extent where we couldn't it virtually froze our accounts. Um, so after that, then everyone started selling again. But the problem was, by then, I think, well, China, India, everyone was starting to sort of get, I suppose, a backlog um, with all the COVID and not being able to supply goods by the due date. So I think everyone suffered that slowly along um, the chain. So, it, but it was up and down because you were selling a lot um, and then America would sort of slow down again and then we had some really peaks and troughs and some really great months. But at that point then, because of the supply chain, you started to um, sort of run out of stock or run behind with your stock. Then I found, um, well, what happened with, I think everyone I know, um, Amazon all of a sudden one day said to us, Q4, you can only put in 200 of every product and you can only have so many cubic feet of storage, et cetera, et cetera. So um, most people got caught with that and just um, really struggled to, um, well, you couldn't have the goods in. A lot of them had goods on the water by this stage. So they had to divert it into a 3PL, you know, depending how you had your set up. So that became a real um, heartache. We'd always dealt with a 3PL. We always had a 3PL put our goods in there because Q4 is quite expensive. It's um, three, what, nearly four times as costly to store your goods in Amazon in Q4, which is October, November, December, as it is any other month. So it can eat into your profit very quickly and you can get a big storage bill. So we've always um, had a 3PL backup with most of our stock and just drip feed in as we need anyway. Um, Cost-wise, it can be a little bit more expensive during the year. Um, you know, but I put more straight into Amazon at that point. You just got to work your way through that. But then I think um, everyone got stuck because some people I know diverted and were running FBA and FBM. Um, so they had some in a warehouse, some in Amazon. But if you didn't have that relationship and didn't know, and you, I still see posts today, does anyone know a 3PL? I've got to get some goods into a 3PL. So I think if you are starting to sell, you need to choose a 3PL and depending if you're coming from China, it should probably be somewhere on the West Coast because that's where your goods will be going into. If you're going from India, it would be somewhere on the East Coast because that's where your goods will mainly get shipped into. So I think that everyone selling on Amazon is a fool if they don't now open up a 3PL account um, because if 
you know, this roller coaster continues next year. Uh, if you have, you know, you can get caught out and have products um, that you just, you know, have got nowhere to put them. And, you know, I don't know what you're going to do if you get into America and then you're stuck with this stuff in customs because they charge a fortune a day. So I think that um, that's probably one of the most important things at the moment is to um, get a 3PL account open and maybe put some goods in there so you've established yourself as a client. And, you know, I mean, look, our 3PL is fantastic. Um, he's great dispatches the same day. I never have an issue getting my goods out of there. Um, very efficient service, but, you know, they're not all that good. I, you know, you hear some horror stories where people take weeks to get their goods out. So I think that's one of the most important things for this coming year because look, it might, we might need it. Who knows? We don't know um, what Amazon are going to do to us in three months' time. We have no idea. And, uh, you know, COVID in America, what's going to happen? There's, there's too many open books at the moment. So I think it's a I think well, it's, it's still whenever you look in the world. I mean, I heard that, well, I was reading something today that even China now, because of the CNY, um, there's a little sort of a second or third wave of um, sort of COVID um, sort of things going on. And the same, like in America, has been reported sort of out of control, but whether that's true or not, who knows? And then the, 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 the different strains. So who knows what next year holds for us? But I guess... We're still going to have to sort of somehow get, you know, so, um, the world still needs a supply of goods and services. And so life goes on. We've all got to sort of um, do those things. So it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, and I, I, can, I think you've really just got to um, be able to, you know, move with the time. So, you know, today you're doing this, tomorrow you've just got to be able to pivot and, and go the other direction. Yeah. Um, it's no good whinging about it. It's just, it's happened. It's a rule now and that's the way it is. So I think you've got to be, you can't just say, I'm not going to do that. I'll only do this because you might have to change and, and put it into a 3PL or whatever. It's just the way that this world ended up this year. And I think um, it's probably good because it makes people actually um, not be so comfortable and have to, you know, get on the roller coaster which we've all been yeah. up and down on. <laughs> I'd like to chime in a little bit on, on, on this, and uh, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to circle back to profit. You know, it's all about knowing your numbers, uh, as Jason said. And, you know, if you do have those uh, margin when you calculate your product, then you're more able to keep an agile uh, stance to whatever comes your way. So, you know, it's so important when you uh, look at a product to look at it from this angle and give you enough margin to anticipate any changes. Now, for the inventory performance index, the IPI, uh, we've seen like tremendous change in 2020. Recently, apparently, uh, people have been granted, like this week, uh, some uh, extra inventory that no one expected. They had no notification whatsoever. Is it going to stay in, in two weeks' time? No one knows. Uh, the only sure thing you know is that if you control your supply chain and if you manage your index uh, in such a way that, you know, if you show Amazon that you manage it, your score is going to improve and most likely you're going to have more privilege. That's one advantage that uh, you can take uh, 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 the above your competition, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to bring that angle, which is, I think is important. Absolutely. So real quick, Saster has a question. Do I also need to diversify 3PL? Does mm -hmm. anyone want to answer that? Sure. Uh, I can jump in on that. Yeah, I think if you don't need to at the moment and you're just starting out, just as 
focus on establishing a good workflow and a good relationship with whoever you're working with. And then as you grow and you need to, then sure. Um, I, I, I use like three or four different prep companies in the US or three PLs. Uh, one of my favorite ones, they actually closed. Uh, this was a few years ago. Like the entire staff team, they went out for lunch and they were in a really bad car crash in the US. Uh, it was on the news. And so like the, like like three quarters of the staff team was essentially wiped out in like one accident. Oh my gosh. And then they closed subsequently. Yeah, so uh, that's like a really kind of outlier kind of, I mean, so it's really sad and uh, something that was un completely unforeseen, but stuff like that can happen. Uh, also, depending on what you want to achieve from the 3PL, uh, then different 3PLs would uh, might suit you better, depending on what you're trying to do. Right. Um, okay, so let's move on to number six, which is video content. And this is something that Amazon is increasingly focusing on nowadays, and especially as Jason, you were mentioning previously, PPC video ads, um, you know, those are doing really well. So. Uh, first of all, Mark, Kevin, do you want to talk a little bit about video content and what you're seeing happening? Well, look, um, we've got a very close friend who um, has done extremely well this year. He launched a new product and in five months sold a um, million dollars in sales of that product. And his main focus, the whole thing was no giveaways, no search find buys, no, none of that stuff, basically PPC video ads. That's really all he did and focusing on, he's a keyword man, so he's focusing on keywords and, you know, he swears by them and he just said, you know, it's so much cheaper um, and it is good to have, I think, the video ads, but also um, people who, if you need to go and have a look at a few, um, I suppose, Amazon ads to see, but nowadays you can also have, um, you can end up with nine photographs and two videos if you um, put it all up. So you can have a PPC video ads only short, it's only, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds or something, but you can actually have another video that goes for a minute, minute and a half um, on your uh, listing as well. And so you can, you know, do a really comprehensive, you know, sort of video about your product or how to put it together or whatever you, you've got. Um, but, and look, that can be a little bit expensive for those just starting out. Um, and what you can do, there's, you can make your own videos. You can use your actual images and um, use like in video is one that I've been using. And you just maybe grab three images. You can write on it. You can put music to it. Um, we actually have a brand with nine products in it. So what I do is I do three um, sort of shots of the product and then the last product the last photo is all my products and I, you know, explain my brand. So I'm getting a free ad for my nine products in that video that's running on one product. And Amazon haven't stopped me yet. They haven't told me to tell. I thought they might have made me take the back sheet out, but they approved it. Um, so it's a good way of getting some more advertising and that's free. I mean, all it costs you is the video ad. And I think it's about, I don't know, $17 or something a month. No, no, it's about $12 US a month to, to do the video ads and I mean you don't have to keep it running once you've made all your ads you can cancel it again so I think that's something that is going to be a real big trend and not a lot of people have those video ads running yet so if you can get in now um, and beat your competition um, it's a really good start. So video ads are only available if you're brand registered. You need to be brand registered. Yeah. But 
but you can add videos on your listing or you can add a video on your listing even if you're not brand registered that's right yeah yeah okay so that's something to really keep in mind um videos and product videos and video ads okay number seven social e-commerce i think this is going to be pretty important and you know it, it has been growing and increasing over the last few years there's instagram shopping and facebook is uh, making so many changes and also launching so many e-commerce functions and um, lately we've been seeing amazon live that is very popular and um, um, there's a, there's a different app for amazon live and in fact now we are also seeing some of the live videos in the search results uh, on the search results page or on your you know face uh, on your amazon homepage when you go there you're you're seeing these amazon live videos in your feed over there so amazon live is something that you should look at and um you know batis do you want to add something because you're really focused on you know social social media and social commerce what sort of trends are you seeing in yeah absolutely absolutely uh as you mentioned you they you know amazon is only rolling out something they had in mind for a long time uh if you no Asia, of course, and, and if you've been in China, you see that uh, Taobao has been doing the live video for a while now, a few years, and the results are as, as good as some influencer that actually have a shop, they stream 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, they make sometimes a million dollar a day, that's how crazy this trend is. And it's definitely uh, going this way. Uh, we've we've been hearing about Amazon going for that up feed, um, live streaming, influencer, uh, you know, stores and whatnot. So it's definitely a trend that's going to come stronger and stronger. And and right now, not I don't see many sellers talking about it. I mean, PPC is one pillar of uh, selling on Amazon, and and I think it should not be underestimated. However, when, when I see so many sellers spending so much time and money trying to figure this out, when there's like uh, brand new territories opening, I'm just thinking like, how, how crazy is that? You just mentioned it with videos. You can, uh, Margaret said it, you can do a production yourself, but you get that big space on the page, which is, which is insanely profitable. So why not so many people uh, do it? Just because there's always a gap between the adoption. And this is where, as a seller starting, you've got a lot of space to come and, and compete with already established sellers, uh, in my opinion. So another things that I, I, I want to take this analogy before I'll jump to TikTok and other uh, social media platforms. Um, when Amazon was uh, before the days, it was first marketplace uh, uh, in the US and, and on earth, uh, without talking about China, but um, uh, when eBay was the very first marketplace, uh, Amazon has been leveraging Google AdWords as soon as it came out and they invested massively to get all the keywords possible and, and you know, to push their listings uh, on Amazon. And they've been doing that consistently for over a decade. And as a result, they passed eBay and they, you know, they're, they're where they are right now. Um, and it just shows one thing. It's, it shows the cost of acquisition of your customer, the cost of conversion, where you can uh, leverage those brand new territories with, with the minimal cost. The reach is absolutely 
incredible. So that's why I'm very passionate about that. And I want to advocate and I want to open a service to just show it doesn't even matter the, the quality. It's just doing it. So if you get someone to do it for you, then and, and just really dispatch it everywhere, you can you can have so much uh, return on your investment. That's just crazy. Even if you spend like five thousand to make a video campaign, and and you know have some TikTok done and and um, some Instagram or linking. Right now, the the two biggest platform where the organic so zero paid uh, reach is the biggest is TikTok and and uh, LinkedIn. So those are not exactly the same crowd, but you know, like if you sell, let's say diaper caddy, there's a lot of professionals that actually work, but I also have a family uh, life and a lot of mother that are professionals on LinkedIn. Well, you can address some content to them uh, by targeting those keywords, those hashtags. Uh, there's a lack of content right now. So all that real estate can be uh, grabbed for casually free. Um, and on TikTok, you know, with a few influencers, uh, you can just bring some brand awareness and just bring it back to your website or, or, you know, like what are the five topics that your brand is talking about? The five value proposition or, you know, like core values that your brand is all about. This is what you need to push to uh, bring the awareness. And right now, there's so much space uh, to grab for free. It's just insane. So... Um, I, I advise every new sellers to have a close look at this to take a, a definite advantage over your uh, existing competition in your niche. Okay, that's great. And Sastra is saying, I can see TikTok videos on WhatsApp and YouTube all over. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number eight is influencer marketing. I think this is also increasingly becoming so important. And this is something that you guys should focus on. Uh, next year. And you don't have to go after the really big influencers that have millions of followers. There are a lot of micro influencers nowadays that you can also approach and they would, you know, sometimes just charge maybe a couple of hundred dollars or sometimes they don't even charge anything. They just want a free product and they will review it and share it with their audiences. And I personally know companies that have really received a lot of, um, you know, sales through this medium. So influencer marketing is definitely really important and uh, you guys should look into it. So that's number eight. Number uh, just nine, with, yeah. with the Go influencer, ahead. you can also do uh, creative part, part, partnerships. So you don't have to, if you don't have an audience, what you can do is reach out to somebody that's got already an audience, another brand that doesn't necessarily sell your product, but it is sort of in the same category, then reach out to them and say like, look, we could be profitable by just uh, sharing content. And then uh, you would be surprised how, how many people actually are up for it. So you can leverage other already existing audience and also target them with a pixel on your campaigns. So to bring the audience over to you, and that's a great uh, tr trick to get started. Right, great. Okay, number nine, um, exit and acquisition. So this is something that we've been seeing in the industry, there are a lot of these large companies like Thrasio and um, you know some other companies that are buying smaller Amazon businesses. And this is a huge opportunity for Amazon sellers like yourself. Um, you can try to build a brand with the objective of, you know, in, in a couple of years, selling it to one of these companies. Um, so that is a huge opportunity in 2021. And um, uh, Margaret, Kevin, do you want to add to that? Yeah, well, right. Yeah, uh, right from the start, Magla, we we uh, have always been aware of uh, creating a brand with the intent 
of selling that brand to cash in for all, yeah. all our hard work for the time yeah. that we put in. Uh, and we know people now, to, uh, it's sort of now, um, you know, it's all about prepping that business for sale because it, it's, it's all about selling, you know, a, a, a business without sort of uh, any loose ends. So, you know, you've got to start off, you've got to have a company set up, you've got to have, you know, all the things in place to make that company sort of clean. So when you do have a company that wants to take over yours because of the Amazon thing, there's a lot, there's a lot of things can go wrong, I would imagine, in selling a business, um, you know, and, uh, through, you know, an, an online business. Um, and uh, there's companies like Prezio that sort of now make that, that all a lot easier. And we know people, Margaret, that, that this year have cashed in big time. And so it's, it's really well worth, you know, all, all the effort put, you know, that you put in over the years to actually get to the time where you just sort of cash out. Yeah, I think people have got to realise it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you know, yeah. you probably need, you know, a couple of years unless you really, really scale hard and fast. You know, you probably need at least two years financials and a, a reasonable profit because how it works is um, you might have turned over a million dollars, but they're not going to pay you on that million dollars. They want to look at your P&L and your very bottom line. So if you've only made $50,000 out of that million, you're not going to get much for your business because I think it's about two, two and a half times your net profit. So I think, you know, you've got to, once again, when you start looking for your products, you need to look for products with meat in them. It's no good just doing a product that's going to make you $2 at the end of it. So I think probably for those new, it's, knowing the cost of doing business on Amazon, that's the very first thing you need to do. It's no good getting to the end and somebody says to you, oh, PPC, and you've allowed a dollar. Uh, it's not enough. So I think you, you, know, you need to take into account every cost that you're going to have in that business when you start. Because if you want to sell it at the end, it, even though you might have had a fantastic, and I, look, I know people who have turned over half a million dollars last year and actually lost money because they were spending too much money on like advertising and just their products. They didn't have enough margin to cover all those things. So you've got to make sure that you, you get it right and scale your whole business with that plan of an exit because unless you're going to get, you know, something reasonable for your profit, it's not worth selling. You don't really want to give it away to someone else if it's your hard work. Um, and there's a lot of mums and dads, I think, in America probably looking at the moment, like retiring, wanting to take on a business and don't want to start it from scratch because it is hard work getting all the trademark and your branding and everything done so they want to just come in so they're prepared to pay you know maybe a hundred thousand dollars or something for a, a you know fairly small business and that's the way you can make an exit without being you don't have to have a multi multi-million dollar business there are small brokerage companies that will buy smaller businesses um Thrasio and that are more up in the million dollar plus sort of businesses, but the, um, there are some other brokers out there that will do, you know, smaller type businesses like a, to, a, to a, a another couple or, you know, somebody who's just wanting to start out who doesn't want to do the hard yards to start, but they need to have the profit there from the accountants to, to do it. Right. So Jason, do you want to address uh, Sastro's question here? Should I be thinking about selling the business before starting the business or when already running in the business? <laughs> Sorry, I was muted. Uh, I was actually typing an answer to that. So I was going to say, uh, focus on the fundamentals 
for me, the fundamentals are looking, identifying the right products that have a high probability of success with low risks. Number two, uh, you must make sure that they have good profit margins as Margaret's just emphasized. Mm, that's both in terms of a profit margin percentage as well as the dollar amount. Uh, and then learn how to scale this to a point where it's generating sizable profit. Uh, and then I think at that point, <laughs> then you can start thinking about, okay, should I cash out? Because, um, yeah, especially if you're starting out, uh, sure, you can have that in mind, but in order to achieve that, the focus is not um, having that big, like that pipe dream. The focus is on, okay, let me start selling stuff without a huge amount of risks with a high probability of them working and that have great profit margins because I've encountered people. Uh, I share this sometimes in some of my classes. Uh, I've encountered a couple, sadly. Actually, I've encountered more than one couple, several people who are source products, like they ordered 5,000 units of something uh, for like $8 each. And then they engage me and says, okay, we've ordered 5,000 units already. Uh, tell us how can we sell on Amazon? <laughs> I look at their product, we go to Amazon and the market price for their product is $9. And that's for a branded version of the product. And there's this like, you know, uh, the, the, you start with a made up brand, right? Uh, and their $8 cost hasn't even included shipping from where the product is in China to the US. So essentially, they'll end up with making a $3 loss per sale. Uh, that kind of product might generate a million bucks in revenue, but it's completely pointless because you just end up losing money for every single sale. Um, or, and also understand like whether there's market depth, there's demand for the product in the first place. Uh, like another example, uh, another person, real life examples. Uh, they identified a product, again, ordered several thousand units. Uh, and then when we studied the market, essentially the best seller, a branded brand for that product type was selling 50 units per month. <laughs> so they had just based on what they thought, they thought this is a cool product, we're going to sell it, but nobody wants to buy the product essentially. And even the best seller, which was branded for selling 50 units a month. So like with 5,000 units, what you're going to take like a hundred months to clear stock. If you can unseat the best seller and take a hundred percent of the market share, which is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just be very clear about all these things. Uh, I think while we're talking about trends for 2021 today, I think ultimately focus on the fundamentals. Sure, the general trends are that e-commerce is growing every year. Uh, fundamentals are that, oh, sorry, the trend is that more people are jumping on. Uh, some spaces are getting more crowded, but some new niches are opening up. And there are also gaps in the marketing and sales funnel, like we talked about video ads. Maybe, uh, if it's okay, can I take like 
10 seconds to show an example. I'll just quickly yeah, share sure. my screen. Let me just quickly go over the last trend, which is number 10, oh, yeah. and then you sure. take over. So yeah, number 10, what we thought is new ways to collaborate and network. I think that's going to be interesting because we've seen this new app Clubhouse that is very popular suddenly. And uh, Telegram, where we have our Asian seller group, has also launched a similar feature. It's sort of like uh, a room where you have uh, where you can do audio calls and you know multiple people can join in the room and it's sort of a persistent audio call you just jump into the room anytime and talk with people and then jump out when you want to exit so that's something that's interesting and we all i mean everybody needs to network and uh, you know work together and uh, so this is something that we see um, happening in 2021 increasingly okay jason over to you now yeah this was just uh, because of something that uh, kev margaret and baptiste brought up yeah. about video ads and marketing uh, so I just want to show like an actual real life example. Sure. Um, so people can visualize it. Uh, so I just typed in here dog training pad. I'm not saying sell this, right? It might be like <laughs> a really saturated product. But just as an example, check this page out. So this is typical. So all I would say the majority of Amazon sales, unless it's social media marketing, they would be driven, um, search engine driven. So somebody wants to buy dog pee pads, they come here and they search either dog pee pad, dog training pad or something similar. Uh, and then they would scroll down. Now the whole key, like uh, fundamental thing for Amazon sellers is we want to try to get uh, at the, to the top of page one or as close to the top of page one for as many of these keywords as possible, because that's where we get our traffic and then the potential clicks and sales. Now check this out. So the first space here is uh, what we call the headline ad. So you need to be brand registered if you want to occupy this banner ad space. Then you have the first, uh, the most uh, search results uh, are arranged like that, like four products in a row. So you have, in this case, you can see it's very competitive. Like there's four sponsored ads here for really low competition products. Sometimes you see like only one or two ads or maybe no ads in the first row. Uh, so then you see it's all here. If you can get on, if your ads can show up here, whoa, you get a lot of eyeballs, right? And then of course, ultimately we also want to get here now is the top row of organic results. By organic for new sellers, what we mean is the search engine has ranked these as number one organically for the search term dog training pad, because these are sponsored. So these are PPC ads, but these are not, right? So first row of organic results. And here's the thing I want to highlight. Before even the second row of organic results, what do you get here? Something that occupies the space of four other listings. It occupies an entire row. This is actually just one video ad. And uh, like I, all, I, I like to use this. Like a dog pee pad is really easy to do, right? But honestly, uh, you just... These are just simple still shots. Just have a cute two second video of a cat, cute two second video of a dog, and then stills with like that, which can be easily done on a phone app, to be honest. Like you don't even need to inst like pay anyone to do this. Uh, you could do this. Like I, I, I understand this as someone uh, who's not in the States and, uh, and uh, also, I'm neither, okay, I don't like to use the race thing, but I'm neither a black Amer African American or a white American. <laughs> I'm sort of like a Southeast Asian looking person. So uh, I 
having me on a video might not be as effective, um, honestly. So, but a video like this, you don't even need to show yourself, right? You just need a cute picture of a dog and a cute picture of a cat or whatever, and then just show what it is. But you occupy so much screen real estate. This is like prime real estate, guys. Uh, so that's just what I wanted to quickly share that it is not that complicated to do something like that. Uh, but the, the, the returns, the impact is so much, so great potentially. Yep. Okay. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Jason and, and uh, we, we see, we come across so many people who spend absolutely thousands of dollars pursuing a particular thing, you know, like Baptiste brought up TikTok. So someone will go, oh, I need a, a TikTok expert to, um, you know, and then it's like the race is on and they're spending heaps of money. And we know a lot of people have just feel, foolishly, you know, spent money on, on, on sort of trends instead of educating themselves on that trend and learning for themselves. M myself and Margaret, we're not IT geniuses by any stroke of the imagination, but we will work things out to our, you know, to suit ourselves. Um, you know, you, with Amazon, you can't pay everyone to do everything for you. And like that's what you just showed us then, Jason, is simplicity in itself costs very little, and it's got the prime real estate. It's one them. It takes over the monopoly board. So um, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, and now's the time to get on there because it's yeah. not very crowded right now. There are not too many people doing those video yeah. ads. I Vector, mean, this... I told a question in the chat though, but I'm not sure whether anyone noticed that question of mine. Yeah, I was just going to read that. So does any speaker address the D2C model, selling to community rather than advertising with Amazon PPC? Uh, so, yeah, do you mean on Amazon itself, Elton? Uh, not specifically to Amazon. So let's say if I run through a certain community to sell, but Amazon will say that is there anything that I need to put disclaimer and all that. So I'm not very sure about this part. Like Amazon cut the commissions 50% right now, right? So we are thinking of that information model like what Jason is sharing. So maybe there's some example he will share like how do we identify if you to sell a certain product to a certain community more different uh, niche products compared to what I'm selling at Amazon. So that is something that I must trying to figure out yeah <laughs> so like selling in a facebook group for example are you referring to that yeah. so sort of social yeah, yeah, commerce you one of the example in the but is it the two same product that you're going to sell in both amazon and the facebook group or could be a different product altogether so that's why i was just trying to figure out that part so you want me to jump in on, on this yeah Megler? yeah but okay uh, so yes oh okay uh, okay, so uh, uh, the digital the digital native vertical brand model is a direct to consumer model. So selling on Amazon per se is a D two C model. But that once that that being said, to address your question, um, a lot of people do advocate the fact that you should raise an audience first uh, and then sell it to them. Then, but in my opinion, um, this doesn't. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, it shouldn't stop you from running PPC. You know, it's all about having that many options and actioning the the lever in the right sequence so that you optimize your sales. Uh, you know, why choose one over the other? It just doesn't make sense. 
um, as long as you know everything, every option that's at your uh, availability, um, available to you, sorry, uh, then you, you sort of uh, understand them and know which one you should activate first. And, and, and back to, again, profitability and what Kevin said is, is amazingly important. You know, you should always make sure you're profitable in doing something. Don't go get, you know, 1% more sales by spending a fortune. You know, that doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, so make sure you, you, you can try something out first, very cheap, uh, very house made, you know, and then see if it works. If it works, double down on the budget and maybe get someone that you pay so that you can uh, leverage your time in the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, good yeah, point. Thanks. I think another thing is you have to, uh, it depends on the product. So I've worked, for example, I've launched something on Indiegogo a few years ago. Um, so how that worked was I spoke at a conference in the States. Uh, it had a cause, it had a story. Um, and I said, okay, we're going to launch it on Indiegogo uh, because it's suited that channel. Um, and then I've um, met different companies, uh, talked to the, the, the bosses. Some of their products, I would not, I would not touch with a 10 foot pole in terms of like Amazon. Like it just doesn't suit the Amazon. Uh, Amazon is just not a suitable sales model. Whereas for some things, Amazon is the perfect sales model. And sometimes it's not either or. Sometimes I, I've also done uh, where it's both, like we do an Indiegogo and then we do Amazon as well. And then we use Amazon to fulfill the Indiegogo orders. Um, and then at the same time, we use those other channels to drive traffic to Amazon. So like I know one coffee company, for example, they're now, if you search anything to do with their coffee, they're on, the, on page one of any coffee related keyword, which is huge. They are just a little tiny company. Um, and essentially they use, they send out 400 packs of their coffee to influencers. Out of the 400 influencers, about 20 of them bothered to do something, but they went from selling 4,000 a month to 4,000 an hour because of the 20 influencers that bothered to write a review or do a YouTube video or do an Instagram post or whatever. Um, so those were influencers reaching out to their communities who are interested in coffee. So it, it's not an either or, it just depends. Excellent. Okay, cool. Okay, thank you so much everyone for joining us over here today and uh, wish all of you a very, very, very happy new year and we hope you crush it in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. Happy new year, everybody. Happy, happy, happy new, new year. year. And all, the, all the best for 2021. Yes. And see y'all around. See you around. <laughs> yes. See you yeah. in the Telegram yeah. group. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.